Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. All right, one of the guys we have not brought on since we lost our beloved Bernard is a guy that Bernie really liked and a guy that I've become very, very friendly with over the last year. Thanks to John Katzmatidis, really. He's one of the stars on Fox News, a great doctor here in New York City, and a diehard Nick and Met fan, my dear friend Dr. Mark Siegel. Dr. Mark, how are you, buddy? I'm doing great, and I, and I want to take the opportunity to mourn the loss of Bernie, an incredible personality and person and heart. So great. thanks for having me back. Um, well, you know, I, I felt like I had to have you today because, you know, you and I talked often throughout Bernie's courageous battle. And it was, uh, you know, we often say that about people who go through a horrible sickness. Sometimes we tend to exaggerate, not with Bernie. This guy would would try to come to work, and there were days he sounded awful. But that's not the point. He would still get up and do his job, and and he just he tried his very, very best. He really did to be that guy every day, be the father, be the, be the son, be the husband, be Sid's co-host. And eventually, he lost that courageous battle. But there was a lesson to be learned here, Dr. Mark, and that is he found out years ago, years ago, that he had a very, very high PSA count, and my beloved Bernie did nothing about it, and he went in 10 months. So he is not going to die in vain because I can tell you, Dr. Mark, that a ton of people who listen to this show since Bernie's death have gone for PSA tests. And I agree with everything you just said. The PSA test is hugely important, and the U.S. Preventive Services Task Force did it a big disservice few years ago by knocking it, but we use it every single day to determine who's at risk of a prostate cancer. And Bernie, the other point you made, his courage, I'd say the new generations need to learn from that. You know, this is the generation of working remotely, isn't it? So how about that Bernie coming in sick as a dog to work, keeping keeping his focus? And that's what our young people need to learn. So, uh you know, deeply, I know how close you were to him, Sid, yeah. and how much he thought of you. So, yeah, really sorry to lose him. No, I know you are. And I tell you, this dates all the way back to the pandemic. I, I just did an interview yesterday with a guy named Mark Healy. And um, he's the editor and writer for a paper in Rockaway. It's called The Wave. And he said, Sid, I got to tell you, I dated all the way back to the pandemic. When Talking about remotely, Mark, everybody I knew worked from home. Everybody. Not you guys. You were on the train, Sid. Bernie drove in every day. And we were there at Madison Square Garden, Penn Station, across the street from criminals on barren streets in New York City. Bernie and Sid came to work. So even before Bernie got cancer and died, he displayed a tremendous amount of courage and heroism. And along with me, helped a ton of New Yorkers during the pandemic. And that's really, really true and, and, and needs to be part of his memory. By the way... Uh, Sid, on a lighter note, I think this explains why you bulked up. I thought it was that you were becoming a movie star, but apparently you were protecting Bernie and others in New York City. So but you, there's still the rats running around. That's harder to protect you from. Oh, from. I know. I don't miss that. I used to 
live on 105th and West End, Dr. Mark, and I would do a two-block walk to 103rd and Broadway to go to the station at 4 o'clock in the morning, and there was a 100 rats every morning. And I lived in a nice area, 100 rats every morning, disgusting and unhealthy. But getting back to the pandemic for a second, is it over? I saw you on Fox News this morning, and you were still having pandemic conversations, COVID conversations. Where are we with that? Well, I was talking this morning, Sid, about this craziness that Boston University is busy manipulating the virus and using an old version, which was more deadly, and combining it to the latest version, which is milder but spreads more easily, coming up with a Frankenstein virus that can slip out of a lab like thousands of other lab errors and actually infect people. I mean, somehow we haven't learned that lesson. So that's what I was talking about this morning. Where we're heading this winter is we may have an outbreak, but again, it tends to be milder. I think there's a lot of immunity out there. I think it's time we stop the, the melodrama. I'm waiting for the Democrats to get up on a, on a podium and say, mandate, mandate, and that's where they lost the public. So I think that the le- there's a lot of lessons to be learned, and one is that mandates don't work and, you know, that tools work but not mandates. And I, I said yesterday also, and I've been saying, and it's becoming a theme for me, that doctors have to get back where they used to be in the central place of talking to patients. We've been marginalized by politicians, and we have to be the ones that have the conversation with patients about what they should do. You know, is this a bad flu season? Should you get a flu shot? As as Sid just asked me, is COVID coming back? What do you do about it? I just told you, you have to live with it. So doctors are the ones that have to have the voices here. Agreed. You know, we used to uh, talk a lot to Dr. Nicole Sapphire. She's a good friend of mine, too. And we would try to get Nicole, because we're bad people, you know, me and Bernie. We tried to get Nicole to say bad things about Anthony Fauci. She never would. As far as I'm concerned, Anthony Fauci, who I liked at the beginning of the pandemic, I actually did. I liked him, local guy, basketball player. Breen liked him. He was helping us get through this. It turns out he was a liar, that he actually made money through this. He lied about the masks. He lied about the laboratories. He lied about just about everything. I'm not sure if you caught him with Jonathan Carl, Dr. Mark, on Channel 7 on Sunday. But when he was asked to take accountability for any of it, He refused to do so. He had some excuse for just about everything. To me, Anthony Fauci killed more people than Andrew Cuomo. What are your thoughts on Anthony Fauci? Well, I don't I see it a little differently. I'm more closer to Nicole on this. I think that the biggest thing about Tony, and this is not a negative. Oh, oh, wait a second. You just called him Tony. You guys are friends. So listen, listen, listen. This is this is important. He's too dogmatic. So, in other words, he, he rolled out this lockdown theory, and to your, to your point, it led to all of these closures, tremendous repercussions, tremendous mental health problems as a result, substance abuse, loss of job, economic disaster, socialization problems. So he says he's not responsible for the schools closing, and he actually came on my radio show last July and said he didn't want the schools closed. But by then, we had a philosophy of constriction a philosophy of closure. So he participated heavily in that. So my biggest criticism of Dr. Fauci is not being flexible enough as the science evolved. And that's not a a positive. I think he's really smart. I think he's a great scientist. I think his rigidity hurt us big time in the pandemic. So, okay. So you're basically saying the same thing I am, but you're a doctor and smarter. I'm still a Brooklyn kid at heart and I tend to be more vicious But even in your (laughs) attempt here to defend Tony, because he's your friend Tony, you agree that he he, he lied. He just, he lied. He, you know, he lied. 
He, you know, think- you know, you know, we made money, and uh, that laboratory where this uh, virus actually escaped from. He knew that way back when. You know that, right? Well, and he underreacted to that, and that's something I talked about this morning, about how there's an international consortium of scientists that the NIH endorses that plays around with viruses. As John Stewart said, hello, Wuhan lab, Wuhan virus? <laughs> hmm, hmm, how? wonder what the connection might be. By the way, speaking of crafty lefties, you remember that from when you were a kid, Sid? Crafty lefties. What about Nestor Cortez with the Yankees? What do you think of him? Crafty lefty with a cutter. What do you think? Uh, listen, he's had a great year. I mean, the, the guy jumped around the majors. He was a nobody. No one would have ever thought in a million years, you know, in March, that he would line up behind Garrett Cole as the Yankees' second-best pitcher. At times this year, their best pitcher. So the Yankees are in good hands with Nestor later on this afternoon, and we'll see. I mean, the problem is if they win today, and I do think they'll win today, they're not getting past Houston anyway. So... Padres, Astros, or Phillies, Astros, that looks like the World Series. Talking about the Phillies, you did a report not that long ago on Fox News about Philadelphia Philly baseball players, and actually it's relevant now today because they may play in the World Series, that were dying of cancer playing in and around that stadium in Philadelphia. Any updates on that? No, and we're still looking into that, but it looks like the problem is more than just that. And and it has to do with, and you and I have talked about this, it, it, uh, you know, you said, and you're right, that it was on a swamp, that it's on an area where a lot of chemicals are. And, which, which and, by the way, was the same exact thing with Giant Stadium and a bunch of Giant players from Dan Lloyd, Doug Kodar, he actually died, Spider Lockhart, a bunch of those guys ended up getting cancer who played football in East Rutherford. And I think that's the answer. I think you convinced me. I was thinking radar guns, you know, the old radar gun or, you know, what was going on in the bullpen or exposed pipes. I think it's the swamp. I think you convinced me on that. I think you'd be a pretty good scientist, by the way. I don't know about that. Uh, Well, tell me about the last thing that we talked an awful lot about, even with Bernard, that all of a sudden has disappeared, and that is the monkeypox. Is that still an issue in New York today? Much less because of a very strange thing, which is that, it was all due to the idea of multiple sex partners, uh, you know, gay men, men who are having sex with men. They, they were out, you know, at, at, at events having having sex with multiple partners. They got the memo. Stop doing that. And they got the memo. Stop doing that. So the dating services, the online stuff, all of that kind of got closed down. No I think kidding. the haunting memory of HIV yes. actually came to bear here. Oh, wow. You're exactly right about that because the same thing happened. You're right in the 80s. With, with HIV. So on the way out, Dr. Mark Siegel, and I mean this sincerely, you really became one of Bernie's favorite guests. He, he loved the fact that you're very bright, but he liked when you and I got into it about the Knicks and the Mets, and uh, even occasionally you would talk about cancer with him. So his family is probably listening, and if not that, at least for listeners out there, what is the message in the, the loss of, uh, of Bernard? Well, first of all, you already got it. I think what he likes about me is that the same thing he likes about you and himself, which is we make people laugh. Humor is the cure. Humor and laughter are the cure. And, Bernie, I have to tell you, up there in heaven, I'm sorry I can't take you to Keene Steakhouse this year, as I promised you on the Knicks. I'll have to settle for Sid. (laughs) Okay, well, that's that's very, very sweet. And uh, for for folks out there that uh, are dilly-dallying and procrastinating and not doing what they should do, It's fair to say that Bernard did not die in vain, that at least pay attention to what Bernie didn't do, and that may save your life, right? Absolutely. Get your PSA. 
see your physician, get your workup, by the way. Get it all at once. It's like a supermarket. You get your PSA, you get your prostate exam, you get your EKG, you get your labs done. Have a doctor examine you. Go in for that checkup that you've been putting off because of the pandemic. It's over the pandemic. Get your checkup. All right, Dr. Mark Siegel, the uh, Bernie loved you, I love you. We start our season tomorrow night, the Knicks in Memphis against the Grizzlies. So hopefully one of these uh, upcoming days, me, you, and Gabe at Madison Square Garden. I love you, pal. Very soon, and Gabe loves it. So I'll be, I'll be, we'll, be, we'll be doing that very soon, Sid. Come Thanks. Up. All right, there he is, folks, Dr. Mark Siegel. Bernie loved him. I love him, too. He's a terrific guest. Thank you for that, Dr. Mark. If you've had an accident, trust Gabo Law. Personal injury and medical malpractice attorneys with decades of experience who will provide the attention you deserve and deliver the best possible results in the shortest amount of time. Gabo Law has recovered millions for their clients and will be able to help you. But don't take our word for it. Read all of their five-star reviews from former clients on Google, Avvo, and Facebook. Call Gabo Law today at 800-560-0214 for a free consultation or email at info at GaboLaw.com. Gabo Law, where winning is no accident.